I am Glenda. And I'm Lisa. And we, and we are, are two, two black, black moms and a mic. Between us, we have six kids, four boys and two girls. And we're here to talk to you about everything from diapers to degrees. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the COVID vaccine for kids between the ages of 5 and 11. Today, we've welcomed back Dr. Sandra Smith. Dr. Smith is a practicing physician out of Richmond, Virginia, and she's been on the ground dealing with COVID patients since the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Smith. It's so nice to be back with you, Glenda and Lisa. Oh, better yet, maybe we can call you Dr. Sandy. Yeah, so Dr. Sandy is our resident expert. We're so happy to have you back. So we want to talk a little bit about what is going on with the vaccine for kids between the ages of 5 and 11, because I've read that kids are getting sick with COVID, but their illnesses aren't as extreme as for adults. And in many instances, most instances, the sickness, they're either asymptomatic or they have very mild symptoms. But the pharmaceutical company has been introducing vaccines for kids between the ages of, of 5 and 11. So in your view, how important is it for kids in that age group to get vaccinated? So it is very important for children who are of age to get the vaccine just as adults have gotten it. There is a vaccine available for children and adolescents between the age of 5 and 17. The Pfizer mRNA vaccine is the one that's available. Moderna is not available for those under 18. Just like in adults, it's important for everybody to be vaccinated because it stops community spread. Other reasons for children to be vaccinated are that if they test positive, they're out of school. Their lifestyle is interrupted. Their social activities are interrupted. They can't play sports. Even though long COVID is very rare in children, there is also the possibility if they develop COVID, they will have long standing side effects that have not been discovered yet. So just like with any other virus that can cause severe illness, it's important for children who are eligible to have their COVID vaccine. So do we know what percentage of kids across the country have been vaccinated between 5 and 11? The last estimates I saw about a month ago, kids between the age of 5 and 11, they're about 28% were vaccinated, and between 12 and 17, about 55% vaccinated. Maybe a little higher now. Are you hearing, is there much vaccine hesitancy with the parents? There does seem to be some hesitancy. There are folks who... They get vaccinated themselves and they want their children to be vaccinated. But then there are are other folks who, even though they are vaccinated, they are a little bit reluctant to have their children vaccinated. You know, there's all this conspiracy theories that are out there. This misinformation that they're getting affects that. And it should be just like any other vaccine that your children get. If your doctor promotes it, which almost 100 percent, I'd say 95 percent of physicians, 96 physicians have gotten COVID vaccine and they recommend it to their patients. So if you trust your doctor and they recommend the vaccine, that's whose advice you should follow. Mm -hmm. I think parents also need to understand that if you have a five-year-old that's going to kindergarten or six-year-old who's going to first grade, but you also have a preschooler at home, if that kid gets COVID, it brings it home. Maybe that's another reason to think about if you have children at home that are too young for the vaccine, that it's a good idea to go ahead and get the vaccine for those who have qualified to have it. And that's exactly right. 
the more people that get the vaccine, the less likely the viruses is to spread. And we see this just routinely in the office setting. Families will come in and the children in daycare who are not eligible for the vaccine bring it to the rest of the family. Oftentimes, the rest of the family is already vaccinated. So as many people that can get vaccinated is helps prevent the spread of the, the virus. And aim is to have everyone vaccinated if we could. Unfortunately, there are about almost, there are 19, 20% of people who outright refuse and cannot be convinced. So I don't know if we're going to ever get over that hurdle. So what's the effectiveness rate? Is it higher or lower for kids? Well, the effectiveness rate has been estimated to be about over 90%, 91%, 92% in children and adolescents between the ages of 5 and 17, the effectiveness. For, of the, the, for Pfizer? For Pfizer. Mm-hmm. And Pfizer is the only one that's being used in the under 18 crowd because that's the only one that's been approved so oh, far. Okay. And what about now? So they're talking more about boosters for adults. But before we get to that, what do, I mean, are they talking about boosters for kids mm-hmm. yet? Or is it because they, not enough kids are really vaccinated to even talk about boosters? Like, what's the status of that? So right now, boosters are approved for kids 12 and older. So the under 11 crowd has not been approved for booster yet, but they're still working on that. Another point to to emphasize is that the vaccine, mRNA vaccine, has been rigorously studied in children. So before it was released to the general community and approved for use, tens of thousands, approximately 30 to 40,000 children had already received the vaccine, had been tested in these children whose families who allowed them to participate in the studies. So it's rigorously tested. Side effects are similar to the side effects that you see in adults. Severe side effects are very rare. Usually side effects are very mild. Soreness at the site, mild fever, body aches. These are similar to the side effects that kids see with their usual routine vaccines that we're all familiar with, like measles, mumps. Yeah. And I guess too, like kids are in school. I don't know any masking requirements are sort of differentiated depend on, on what school district you're in. So it seems to me that it's even more important for kids to get vaccinated since they may or may not be wearing masks in yep. school. Definitely, because it interrupts school. We see it every day. Kids are home from school for 10 days. A whole class cannot come to school for 10 or days have changed a little bit, but it disrupts everything when people have to stop because they have COVID and stay home and can't participate in their usual activities. You know, it's just interesting because the parents want the kids to go back to school. They want them in school. They want them to be in a classroom. But at the same time, some of them are just refusing to get the vaccine. So it's crazy. It's crazy. It's all about politics and some of these crazy beliefs. And they just don't want to be, if they think that's a liberal view, they just don't want to accept it or acknowledge it just to be the opposite. It's just doesn't make sense. But families, if we don't get this straight, the kids are going to be in and out of school forever. We We have to get control of this. And I read an article recently where if you are a 12th grade student, they're saying that the last time you were in a classroom from the fall to the spring was when you were in ninth grade. It's crazy. Mm. Very disruptive. It's very disruptive. I'm all for distance learning. I mean, I'm all for distance education and different things that you can do with it. But a kindergarten needs to be in school where they can play. It's not like you can really teach social emotional skills on a computer doing Zoom or Microsoft Team or Microsoft Classroom or whatever you're using. So I, as a mom, granted, my kids are all adults now and they were first in line to get those shots and the boosters. 
I'm saying I hope that people open up their minds and they go get their kids vaccinated so that the illness will start to subside. It's never going to really go away, I don't think. Yeah. But it'll be controllable. And the kids can go back to school. Like, more importantly, they can get back into their own lives. I mean, a middle schooler, which, you know, everybody who knows me knows, I call it the wasteland of emotion. But you have no place to go with that social anxiety and that that need to talk to your friends and go through that whole thing that you go through in middle school before you go to high school. I think that's just really messes up a whole generation of students. So let's get vaccinated. Let's get boosted. And I'm really not fond of shots either, but if it's going to help, then let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, school, which also includes the school dances and the field trips and the small group study groups and going to the library and all, you know, going to the cafeteria, just all that school encompasses and all that social lives of our young people encompasses are all, you know, being encumbered by COVID. So yeah, no, I, I agree that we need to get this under control so that if anything, our kids can get their lives back. Yeah, especially the K through 12 population, their lives are that socialization is needed. They need to learn how they need to know how to learn how to interact with other people, get mm-hmm. along with other people, mm-hmm. learn how to be leaders, learn how to communicate. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. Right, exactly. We recently had Miss Wilma Holmes on a show, and she is a, a retired principal from Montgomery County Public School. And she said, kindergarten is where you learn how to socialize. You can't really do that on Zoom. <laughs> right. Sitting in a room by yourself. <laughs> right. Even if you're Zoom and you're looking at your friends and you're not learning how to share the blocks or you're not, right. you know, there's some interaction that we took for granted because school has always been there. But now we won't really see all the impact for a while. But come on, people, let's go get vaccinated. Yeah, get vaxxed. Yes, yeah, get vaxxed. I'm sorry, I got on my tangent. That's okay. So the next issue, the next matter that we wanted to address with you, Dr. Sandy, is that in the news today, there's been coverage about a second booster shot. And I want to find out what your thoughts on are with that, because, you know, so many people haven't even got their first booster shot. Now the news is telling us we've got to get a second one, which, you know, I'm all, all for that. But I want to find out, like, why? Why do we need a second booster? Like, is there a new variant that's coming around the corner that we don't know fully enough about? Or what's going on? Like, how do I convince someone who hasn't even got their first booster that they need to start thinking about their second one? So right now, the booster is recommended for people who are immunocompromised. Okay. And just with any vaccine, we're aware of the fact that folks who are immunocompromised often do not build up immunity when they get an initial vaccine. It may take a couple of doses for them to get that immunity. So they need all the protection they can get. So say, for instance, you have somebody on chemotherapy, they get the initial vaccine series and a booster. If you were to check their antibody count, it may be 10% of regular person. So they need that continual sort of reinforcement to their immune system to kind of get it revved up so it will protect Okay, so the target is the immunocompromised. 
Is it the same booster as the first booster? It's an mRNA vaccine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just Pfizer. So well, that was for kids, but you can get, for the immunocompromised, you can get the booster with Moderna and Pfizer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And likely everybody's going to need a booster. I mean, they're working on, they're looking at the data now and they're trying to see how much immunity, because they can measure antibody levels, how long those antibody levels last. Mm-hmm. And if they start to see a point where it really drops off after six months or eight months or a year, it may be that we'll have to get a booster every six months or mm-hmm. once a year or every two years. So mm-hmm. there are some vaccine series that we are very familiar with, like hepatitis B vaccine series. There's a three vaccine series. You get the first, then you get the second, and then six months later, you get the third vaccine So, mm-hmm. in order to build up the immunity. Okay. And there are always people in the community who never build up immunity. There's a small percentage of people who, for whatever reason, not necessarily that they're immunocompromised, but sometimes genetically they don't build up. It's a small percentage of people, but there are folks out there. That's why it's so important for everybody to be vaccinated to protect folks who do not respond to the vaccine. Okay. Isn't it on the second vaccine? Is it the same vaccine as, or the second booster? Is it the same as the first booster? In terms of the, the makeup of the yes, medicine? Right. The the quantity. Because okay. initially, when the boosters first started, it was directed at the elderly and immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. And they were giving the same dosage as the original series. But then when the boosters were open to everyone, that the amount of booster dose was half of the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the non-immunocompromised got half of what the immunocompromised got. Well, everybody's getting that now, but okay. when the boosters were first sort of advertised, I guess if that's the way of saying it, they were getting the whole dose. Okay. But then after a few months when everybody was getting boosters, it was you know, cut to a half dose basically. Mm, okay. What if you've gotten Johnson & Johnson? What do you do then? Yeah, so that's a little different. For Pfizer and Moderna, the booster is given five months after the original series. With Johnson & Johnson, they're saying two months after. The first booster is two months after that first shot. And now with the fourth vaccine, it's even more complicated. It's like after the first shot, and then you get the other one two months later. So yeah, it's people that are looking into getting a booster, a fourth booster, really need to talk to their doctors about what the chronology is. And when they should get it. Based on which shot they actually got. Mm-hmm. Well, particularly if they got Johnson mm-hmm. Johnson, because that seems not to be as straightforward. Right. So I'm not putting down Johnson and Johnson. No, no, no. Right. It's, it's a different thing. kind of shot. Right. And you know, there are many vaccines that have been produced around the world. And Johnson and Johnson at the time it came out, general feeling was that there are not a lot of vaccines available. So whatever's available in your community, yeah. whatever you can get now, just get it. So yeah. Yeah. Right. But you said the Johnson & Johnson, that second booster will be two shots. Right. If you're thinking about the fourth booster. So like if you've had Johnson Johnson, your booster is considered, you get it two months after your original and okay. then the, the next booster. Well, actually, there's another series where they say you get the Johnson Johnson and a month later you get the next Johnson. You get a Moderna. So you don't get a booster with the Johnson & Johnson. After you get Johnson & Johnson, the recommendation is the follow-up vaccines are an mRNA vaccine. So okay. you get Moderna or Pfizer, so you don't get a set. I mean, theoretically, you could get another Johnson & Johnson, but the recommendation is that you get an mRNA okay. vaccine. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, one of my children, the initial vaccines were the Moderna, and then he didn't like the side effects. Moderna, so for his booster, he got the Pfizer. And actually, he didn't have any side effects. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, 
whatever floats your boat, just go get the booster. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And they've, you know, done all the studies and they realize whatever vaccine you've had, you mm-hmm. can get a booster with something else. Right. It's, it's, Except not Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, well, then they're not sort of yeah for the booster anyway so it's a, it's going to be an mrna they recommend an mrna vaccine mm-hmm. as a booster and the boosters are for in terms of immunocompromised it's as for as young does it go as young as 17 the booster well the fourth booster right now is just till for adults 18 and over 18 and over okay yeah all right yeah but a third vaccine it goes down to age 12 yeah I mean, it's not, you know, come on, people, it's not going to go away unless we help it go away, or it's not going to lessen unless we help lessen it. I mean, science is telling us what we need to do, and so we need to just do that. You know, you put your seatbelt on, hopefully, when you get in your car, so how about we just get vaccinated? And then, you know, some of the other important things, people don't realize that kids do get very sick, so for the age group 5 to 11, as of... This past November, there'd been about 8,500 hospitalizations of kids. Mm. And to this day, there've been about 600 deaths in five to 11-year-olds. So, you know, it's not, doesn't compare with the adult population, but that's a lot of children to die if they'd been able to be vaccinated that probably could have been prevented. Yeah. Plus, so they, children rely on the adults in their life to make the decisions to save their lives. Nobody wants to put their child on the ground. So think about that. Those of you who refuse to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's going to happen to somebody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we want to thank Dr. Sandra Smith for joining us today to talk to us about the vaccine for children ages 5 to 11 and that booster that's being talked about in the news. Thanks again, Dr. Smith, for joining us. Thank you for having me, ladies. All right. It's always a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. As always, you can check us out at twoblackmomsandamike.com, where we hope that you'll subscribe. In addition, you can hear our podcast at Amazon Audible, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podchaser. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll leave a great review. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Glenda. And this is Lisa. Two Black Moms and a Mike, and we're signing off. 